Hi, welcome to the Black TV Show Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Tomeskin. Welcome back to the podcast. If you've been listening to the episodes and loving the episode, please rate me a five star on this podcast on Apple Podcasts and also leave a great review. It gets me, gets more new listeners to listen to this podcast uh, so I can be in the charts of Apple Podcasts. So just letting you know on that. So today we're doing episodes uh, or season one, episode 12, Rudy's Sick. This episode aired December 13th, 1984. Cliff is uh, calling Claire. She's calling her, you know, potential partner because apparently today is the day that she's going to become a partner at her law firm. Uh, she's nervous and she like doesn't want to eat breakfast. Um, and, she, you know, she's been working for that firm for seven years. So she's like, I have to be like partner now. Vanessa comes down and tells Cliff that, you know, you need to check Rudy. Uh, she thinks that she's sick and Cliff was like how do you know she's sick this morning she tried to push Rudy and Rudy didn't push back she just stayed still there and so Cliff was like she'll check on her and Vanessa was like uh can I sleep in Denise's room and Cliff was like that's not necessary and she's like well can I at least get a mask this is so relevant to now with coronavirus oh my god because now it's so common for us to all be wearing masks uh, when people like just people around us because you don't know if they have uh, COVID. And so I was just like, whoa, I feel like nowadays Cliff would be like, yeah, you can sleep in Denise's room because you don't know if it's uh, just a normal cold or the coronavirus. Cliff goes up and goes and checks on Rudy and Rudy says, you know, I don't feel good. And also Bo is sick also. Uh, the, Rudy says, you know, Bobo has a th- sore throat. So Cliff asks her a question about her throat. Because, of course, she's saying that her own throat is hurting. And so he, like, touches her throat. And it she doesn't, it doesn't, she's not in pain. But she mentions that it hurts when she swallows. So, of course, we know she has a cold. And so Claire comes in and asks, you know, about Rudy. You know, th- they need to get a doctor. And Cliff was like, Excuse me, I am a doctor. Uh, Rudy's like, aren't you gonna take Bobo's temperature? And Claire makes Cliff take Bobo's te- temperature. Oh, I didn't mention Bobo is her s- stuffed bear. Uh, she has mentioned about this bear. I feel like now in like two other episodes. So just let you know that. And so Claire is like, she she can't go to school. I guess I'll have to tell uh, get Mrs. Davis to watch her. And Cliff was like, no need. I don't start working until 1 p.m. And by then, you know, Claire will be back home from the interview. And and Claire was like, well, you don't cater to our kids like I do. Mother are, mothers are more understanding. True that. True that, girl. Yes. We get to the living room and Denise is going to school and Cliff makes fun of her outfit. And she's like, I'm going, it's Scarecrow, or making fun of saying, is it Scarecrow Day? And she's like, uh, it's a slop rally. Uh, everyone's going to dress like this. I don't know what a sh- slop rally is. Can someone let me know what that is? Because I don't know who, what a slop ra- rally is. Um, and so Theo comes down ready to go to school, but he needs Cliff to sign his history paper. And he's covering the grade on there. And he's like, Cliff knows like, oh, then that means he's gonna, he got an F or uh, he got a D or something like that. And instead it's, it says B plus, And Cliff is so happy. And so 
he signs it and he goes and Clara gives a list to Cliff and says, you need to do all this. You got to give her aspirin every four hours. And Cliff was like, wow, you're the only person to go to law school to get a medical degree. <laughs> and I was like, because of course, Cliff would know more about this. He knows and understands about viruses and bacteria and all the things about the human body because he is a doctor he went to school for this so he, why do, why does he gotta get advice from a lawyer like no that's not how it works so we go back to rudy's room and rudy is um asking you know do horses get sick and he's like yeah there's there's veterinarians for for those for animals and she's like do dinosaurs get sick and she, he was like yeah you wouldn't want to see one when they got sick it would be super bad and so Rudy says that Vanessa tells her that she has germs. And she asks which ones does she have. And he says trypsosis. I don't even know how to say it. Trypsopenesis, I think. And he's like, they hang around on a water fountain and glasses. And they say, that where, where is the party? And you, they just can't wait for a young body to party in. And she says, why me? And she's like, because you're young and cute. <laughs> and so she's like, how do we get rid of them? And she's like, um, he mentions that she needs to take water, aspirin, and gurgle, uh, gurgle. So, of course, I feel like the way that Cliff approached her about germs is not, I feel like, a great way. She sh he should talk about what viruses are, what bacteria are. I feel like now with the with covid more kids are understanding what viruses are all about of course uh i'm going to take a little bit a page out of my um, micro bio courses that i took in university uh the common cold that everyone usually gets is called the rhinovirus uh that is literally the top virus that everyone gets you know during the cold season and they are not living cells. They're not, they're not alive. They're a piece of RNA. And they go into living cells and they use their machinery to replicate and cause basically the effect. And then once, you know, uh, like, you know, when you sneeze or you cough, that viral particle jumps out and goes into another person's body and they go through that live uh, into a living uh, into a living cell and that is i think the issue that we're dealing with with covid of course covid is so much more contagious than a common cold that is i guess a brief history or a brief summary of viruses um, and germs. So I wish, you know, he actually went into detail about that. Of course, like in later seasons, we'll learn about photosynthesis and like the whole, you know, the whole cycle of photosynthesis. I, I, I know there's an episode on that. So, uh, but I guess this is, I guess, a way you could talk to a five-year-old, I guess. I'm not sure. And I didn't know that there was chewable aspirin. I had to look this up. I was just like, is there actually chewable aspirin? And there is. Why didn't I know about this? Like, either, like, I had to take, like, the pill that you gotta swallow. Like, I can't do that. Like, so Cliff brings the chewable aspirin and she, she covers her mouth. And, she, and he's like, what's wrong? Uh, she's like, well, mommy crushes the, uh, the aspirin. 
And so he does that, and then then she still covers her mouth, and he's like, what's wrong? Well, mommy puts orange juice on there, and I'm like, really? I was like, okay. And so, and then she was like, oh, so, you know, she does the airplane. And Cliff was like, do you want single engine or a jet? And she's like, single engine. I was like, what? I don't get it. And so Cliff was like, making weird noises while, you know, doing the airplane. And Rudy says thank you and gargles orange juice and says no more party for the viruses. And so we go into Act 2 and we get to Claire's office and she's on the phone with Cliff and says the guy is 45 minutes late and she wants to double check if everything is okay. And all of a sudden he walks in and the guy comes in and she like hangs up the phone. And Mr. Halifax comes in and she's, he says, sorry I'm late. I had to say hi to the elevator opter- operator. I've known him for years uh claire is nervous about this interview and he's like oh no don't worry like you're fine i've checked your record you're a good lawyer and he's like do you eat breakfast and she's like no and he's like it's the number one thing like you is the most important meal of the day to have breakfast and the guy (laughs) interrupts claire while she's talking and he just starts rambling about things and i'm not going to go into detail of all the things he rambled about cliff brings rudy to the main floor puts her on the couch and rudy's like why am i on the couch because and he was like well you'll be one floor closer to where i am when i'm in my office and he tells her that you know you gotta call three three one if you need me but don't call unless you need to and he called and he told her that stay on the couch. Like, this is your island. You do not want to get off of it. And uh, he says, only call 331. Do not put more numbers because apparently the last time she call, uh, did that or pressed numbers, she ended up calling Honduras. <laughs> Random country, but <laughs> she did. And so uh, we get back to Claire's interview and he's still talking and talking and talking. And Claire was like, can I just check uh, my daughter? She's sick. And so she calls and Rudy's on the phone and he's, she was like, can I go to the washroom and get off the island? And she's like, of course you can. Like, why, why can't you? And so then she ends the call and says, you know, my daughter's sick and all that. And then the guy keeps talking and talking and talking, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we go to Cliff's office and we see he's with a guy that's fainted on the ground uh and who who is going to become a future dad and he fainted because he watched a childbirth film and every time he hears the word film he faints and the phone rings and it's rudy and she tells him that she wants ice cream and he's like no 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 stay on that island you can't have ice cream and cliff suggests and then he'd go back he goes back to the guy and tells the guy that you need a mental coach become a mental coach from the lobby he does like you can't be in in the labor room they're just or else he's just gonna keep fainting again and whenever he faints he faints for like 15 to 20 seconds like it's just how does this happen like he's not even the one giving birth like and also when he's when she's giving birth she doesn't he doesn't need to be on the the side where she's giving birth she could he could stay by her head and so we get back to the living room and Rudy is reading a book out loud to herself and Claire comes home and asks if Cliff did everything that she asked him to do for Rudy. And Rudy's like, yeah, um, Cliff comes to comes into the room and asks if she made partner and she's like, I'm not sure yet. 
she mentions how he talked so much that he she decided to leave because she didn't want to leave Rudy home uh, alone, basically, because, of course, uh, Cliff was downstairs. And Claire was like, you know what, I'm going to take Rudy upstairs. Uh, Claire really cares for her kids. She she really doesn't want to be a- away from them, first, especially from Rudy being the youngest of the family. The phone rings, and he talks to Mr. Halifax, the guy that interviewed Claire. And he starts talking about random stuff, and uh, but in between that random stuff, he tells Cliff that uh, Claire made partner. And so Claire comes down to see like what's going on on the phone, and Cliff is like, he's like, hold on, and puts the phone down and tells Claire, you made partner. And all of a sudden they start dancing and they were like, and Cliff was like, I'll take you up for dinner for being partner. And Claire was, oh no, I am taking you out for dinner because I am partner. And so, and they were like, and we're going to go dance. And so they were very excited and they decided to go upstairs, leaving the phone hanging. And Theo comes home and notices that phone is open. So he's about to hang it up, but instead he puts it in his ear. And all of a sudden he starts listening. He's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and that's the end of the episode. So I feel like the the theme of this episode, from what how Claire was acting, is parents are willing to miss career opportunity just to make sure that the child is half healthy and happy. That's what I got my takeaway from this episode. So my question to you guys is: Was there a time when your parents stayed home from work to take care of you when you were sick? Um, I remember many times where my dad took time off. Um, my mom, it was hard for my mom to take time off as her work is very strict that, you know, she has to be there from a certain time period. My dad, it was more lenient to leave work to come take care of me or pick me up from school when I'm feeling sick and bring me home. So I, I remember those times. I don't know if they ever had a career opportunity that they missed because I was sick. I'm not sure. That I don't know, but uh, I do remember those times when I was sick and my p- parents missed work to co- take care of me. And so let me know using the hashtag Rudy's Sick. For this episode, I'm doing the Black TV Show of the Week. And the show for this week is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm singing like that. Of course, this show aired uh, from 1990 to 1996 there was six seasons uh crazy thought that um at this time when they created the show will smith was not an actor he was just a rapper he already had a hit record had a grammy um and all of a sudden he spent he didn't he didn't understand the concept of money and the taxes and stuff like that and so he, he spent all his money and end up owing money to the IRS and so he was broke uh based on a YouTube clip that I saw of Will Smith explaining his story uh his girlfriend told him to go to the Arsino Hall show so he went to the show and he met Benny Medina uh who was trying to pitch a show about his life being from like living in a low class uh neighborhood and moving up to uh a high a high class neighborhood uh but his story was you know getting he was raised in watts and ended up living in beverly beverly hills beverly i can't even say it i'm sorry 
but with Will, it's his situation was from West Philadelphia to Bel Air, so a much longer distance compared to Benny's story. He ends up at a Quincy Jones party, and Quincy's like, I want you to audition for this uh, role. Um, can you audition right now? And Will's like, I ain't an actor. I'm not, like, I can't act. And he's like, well, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. And after that 10 minutes, you got to do the audition because Brendan Chernikoff was at this party. And I have mentioned um, in an episode, I can't remember what episode I was talking about, but I did mention that he started a lot of uh, great big shows like The Cosby Show. Um, he's, that's what made NBC become like, uh, one of the t- top cable networks in, uh, the 1980s and 1990s. And so he auditions in front of Brandon and Brandon was like, yeah, let's create this show. And within, I feel like within three months, they end up having the show and they created this iconic show that is going to live on forever. I feel like, um, <laughs> So the storyline for this show is Will Smith, uh, he's, play- he's playing a, like a fictional character of himself, so that's why it says Will Smith, is born and raised in West Philadelphia and who was sent to his wealthy uncle and aunt in their Bel Air mansion after getting to a fight in the local playground in his neighborhood. Uh, his life, t- And so th- basically what I just said is from the, the theme song of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. His lifestyle often clashes with the lifestyle of the upper-class relatives like Will's cousins, the spoiled Hillary, entitled Carlton, and the impressionable Ashley. Uh, the people that were the part of the main cast of the show is Will Smith. We have the late great James Avery playing Uncle Phil. Uh, we have Janet Hubert and Daphne Maxwell-Reed playing Aunt Viv. Of course, we know that Janet played the dark skin and Viv and Daphne played the light skin on Viv. I really don't like how the show brought in a, a light skin lady. Like as Daphne did such a good job, but I feel like they should have, if they were going to replace Janet, they should have replaced her with another black woman, like a very dark skin black woman. Um, and I'll be honest, uh, this is my opinion. Janet did a better uh, job playing and Viv and I wish she was part of uh, season four, five, and six. Fonzo Roberto, who plays Carlton. Uh, Karen per- Parsons, who plays Hillary. Uh, I love her. She do- she did such a good job. And when you ever he- watch an interview with Karen, it's so it's so weird to hear like like she's not uptight like how Hillary is, and like she- you hear her and she's like she's such a down to earth person. It's so weird when you see them like that. There's Tatiana Ali, the beautiful Tatiana Ali. She plays Ashley Blank. Uh, she plays Ashley Banks. There's Joseph Marcel, who plays Jeffrey the Butler. Uh, I, he's such he's so funny. Like he, whenever he's talking serious and makes a side joke while being serious, it's so funny. There's Ross Bagley, who plays uh plays little Nikki, and then there's. DJ Jazzy Jeff, who plays jazz, and I love every time he gets thrown out of the, the house. And then they had a whole lineup 
of lots of guest stars. I think they say that this is probably one of the shows with the most amount of guest stars. So we have Don Cheeto, uh, Vernon Watson Johnson, Jennifer Lewis, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Tyra Banks, Nia Long, Heavy D, Quincy Jones, I'll Be Sure, Kadeem Hardison, Naomi Campbell, Vivica A. Fox, Jasmine Guy, Queen Latifah, Malcolm Jamar Warner, Belle Biv DeVoe, Brandon Adams, Alan Payne, Shermal Hazley, Oprah Winfrey, Vanessa Williams, Naya Rivera, Kim Fields, D.L. Hughley, Stacey Dash, Kadeem Abdul-Jabbar, Don Cornelius, uh, Robin Givens, Chris Rock, B.B. King, Jaleel White, Gary Coleman, Marla Gibbs. So that is a, a huge list. And I know there was more to this list, but I picked all the black stars. There were many white stars, of course, that were part of the show, but it was very iconic. And the show really talked about, you know, as much as this was a comedy show, they did talk about serious stuff like racism. There's a clip that I took from, I think this is from season one, where um, because of last summer's protests, the this episode came up of you know where Carlton is like you know I'm safe you know when a, a police officer comes and stops me I'm happy and I'll start talking and all of a sudden the police officer treats him horribly and ends up taking putting them into jail for no reason and so that is a very good op uh, like episode that I suggest many people to actually watch. Uh, they deal with interracial marriage, body image, uh, with Queen Latifah. I love that episode. Queen Latifah did it so well. Alcohol abuse, parent neglect, uh, that famous scene where Will's dad leaves him. Uh, gun violence, sexism, double standard, uh, with especially raising uh, Ashley. Um, raising a girl compared to raising a guy is different how you treat them, and so there's a lot of episodes about that and if you want to watch this show it is streaming now uh in canada on crave and in the u.s streaming on hbo max and also they did recently for thanksgiving they did uh the a reunion show and i loved it and I wish more shows can do something like this. They always say, like, when is the reboot going to come? When is the reboot? I feel like once the show is over, it's just impossible to make this another, like, a reboot be better than the actual show. So I feel like people should just stop saying reboots and they should say, let's do a reunion show uh, and reunite the cast together and talk about the memories of that time. I think that's a better idea and a better suggestion. That's just my opinion. I am doing a special bonus episode tomorrow. It's dropping tomorrow. I'm repeating that. Uh, it's the A Fresh Prince of Bel-Air episode. It's for Valentine's Day since Valentine's Day is coming up this weekend. And so I urge you to guys listen to it. Um, I really love this episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's it's in integrate different storylines together and it's such a funny episode i just love it i laughed a lot but i like this is an episode when i mentioned double standard this is an episode about double standard so uh check that out and i'm gonna end this episode with the theme song of the fresh prince of bel-air 
See you on the next one. Now this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. In West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. I got in one little fight and my mom got scared and said, you're moving with your auntie and uncle in Bel Air. I whistled for a cab and when it came near, the license plate said, pressure it a dice in the mirror. If anything, I can say that this cab was rare, but I thought, man, forget it, yo, home's the Bel Air. I pulled up to the house about seven or eight And I yelled to the cabbie, yo home, smell you later Looked at my kingdom, I was finally there To sit on my throne as the Prince of Bel-Air